Sister Ford, it's a pleasure to have you here with us at our podcast, Apples of Gold and Pictures of Silver. Um, we are so grateful, Sister Debbie Ford, that you're with us. Um, Sister Ford serves um, under Bishop and Sister Hansen's church in Thompson, Connecticut. And um, how long have you been here um, serving in, in the church at Acts 2? My husband and I actually came July 1st of 1979. We get baptized a week later, okay. July 8th, and we've been here ever since. Wow, that's wonderful. 1979, okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even a, a twinkle. Yeah. Well. <laughs> In my parents' eyes, yeah, they hadn't even met yet. So, but that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, let me start off with I, what I think is one of the most important questions of this entire interview. Um, what is your favorite kind of ice cream, if you like ice cream? I love ice cream. Okay. It's kind of a toss-up between um, Moose Tracks uh-huh. and um, Rocky Road. Rocky Road. I like a lot of stuff in my ice cream. Yeah. Even if I have chocolate ice cream, I, anything that's around that I can put in it, I'll throw it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I I love I love um, Moose Tracks. I feel like it's more like a New England mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. New Moose Tracks, because um, I think Blue Bunny has. They call it. Blue Bunny tracks, but you're right. I love peanuts covered in chocolate, mm-hmm. and, and they add all of that wonderful stuff. Uh, a lady after my own heart. Yum yum yum. <laughs> <laughs> and do you uh, are you a coffee or a tea person? More of a coffee person. Okay. Um, although I didn't start drinking coffee till I was 35. I never liked coffee. Wow. But somebody gave me a nice coffee with about. Probably 80% cream in it, <laughs> and probably another 25 or 15% sugar. <laughs> so a 5% coffee, and I said, I like coffee. I like coffee now. Yeah. <laughs> now it's... my coffee's almost black. Oh, wow. It just gets blacker and blacker, yeah. I just have a little tiny bit of cream. So it's changed. At first, yeah. you didn't like coffee now. Yeah, it took me 30 years, but yeah, <laughs> I get it. I like it. That's wonderful. My husband drinks it black, so... He thinks I don't drink real coffee because I like cream and sugar in mine. But <laughs> and some might agree with that, but I still like I like my cream and my sugar in my coffee. So, um, Sister Ford, how long have you served the Lord? The first time we came to church, July of '79, yes. was really the first time. Before that, I was Catholic. Okay. Um, went to catechism, made my first communion. Um, but never really went to church, mm-hmm. but we were Catholic. And how did you hear about the oneness message? Um, after my husband and I met in high school, we got married, and um, about a year later, um, his sister and brother-in-law came over the house and was telling us about this church they started going to. They really liked it. We went, we tried it, and we liked it, so we kept going. And you've been here ever since? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so um, you've been serving the Lord since 1979. You came, you enjoyed it. You came to know the oneness message. Did um, Who taught you your Bible study or were you taught a Bible study? 
No, we actually, back then, we would go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then sure. they'd have things on Friday nights. Yeah. Um, so we were in church four times a week. Um, it, I think Wednesday was more of a Bible study night, though. Yes. Yeah. And the way that, you know, I mean, we th this day and age, we really don't have church as much as we used to years ago. Mm -hmm. I remember going to church almost every day there was something for the kids, for mm -hmm. the ladies, for the men, then a Bible study night mm -hmm. for everybody. And, and so because of it, you, you grow more because mm -hmm. you're going to church all the time. You, you're just around the house of God more, around his, you know, his people. You're here, you're receiving the word. Right. So um, not that we don't get that now, um, but I feel like we have to be more intentional about that. Now we have to make sure that, hey, we're only going to church on Sundays, Wednesdays, maybe another time during the week. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to be more intentional in our personal, in our private devotions with the Lord. Right, I agree with that. Amen. So, um, so you came from a Catholic background and, and then your husband and you started coming because family members invited you to come to church. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you started coming, how um, did you feel like, you know, this God has put this burden in my heart to do A, B, and C for the Lord? How, how does that look like in your walk with God. You've been here since, since 1979. You've been faithful all of these years in your local church, in your local assembly. That, that speaks volumes. Um, and before you answer that question, that speaks volumes because, um, right, again, the age that we live in, many saints don't stay mm -hmm. in their local church assembly for maybe more than five to ten years. Uh, unfortunately, um, we do have saints in our own congregation that have been there for over 30, 30 years, and that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That shows consistency, that shows growth, that shows faithfulness. But again, being in the church, being a pillar in your church, how did you get involved in your local church? What was that process of I, I'm coming from a Catholic background. I've, now I'm settled here, but how did you come to get integrated in your local church? To tell you the truth, we, we came the first day we came. Uh -huh. A week later, we were baptized. We got baptized in Manchester. Mm -hmm. And this was all new to me. Um, I remember the preacher was yelling. He was <laughs> preaching, and he was banging, and he was yelling, and that really bothered me. Because I was more of a Catholic. Yeah. Um, although I didn't go to church, I was more of a Catholic. <laughs> um, but I kept saying to my husband, why is he yelling? Why are they so loud? Um, and he just thought it was great because he had already been in Pentecostal church. So uh, it took me a while to get used to that. Okay. Um, but you do get used to it, you yeah. know. And it is a transition. It's a, yeah. it's a big transition. Big difference. Because coming from that type of background... You're used to coming to church for maybe our mass. You listen to a ser sermonette. Mm -hmm. You do your Hail Mary. A mm -hmm. um, couple of prayers, right? Yeah, yeah, I had my little <laughs> book, yeah. 
<laughs> the beads, yeah. And, um, and then you go. But it's very quiet. And mm-hmm. if you make noise, it's frowned upon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then mm-hmm. to go from that to an, a Pentecostal setting mm-hmm. where everybody's hollering. Mm-hmm. I might add, too, that we didn't just come in, and that was it. We tried different churches. His sister was at a Pentecostal church. Um, They didn't really believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit or anything. We tried. His parents went to Catholic church. Um, We did try other churches before Mm -hmm. we settled where we were. We wanted to know what our options were. So, But we we were happy here. Okay. That's wonderful. And so how did you get involved in your local church, in ministry? There was always something to do, getting involved with the ladies. And our pastor's wife was really good about paying attention to the ladies and getting us involved. And um, I think younger ladies used to come over. And then when I had my kids, um, I remember one of my kids, my oldest daughter, was two. And she threw a bunch of crayons in the dryer. And I didn't know. Through a whole lot of laundry in the dryer, and everything, everything had melted crayon. Oh my! And I remember telling one of the young mothers at church, and she came over with a bottle of less oil, and um, she just scrubbed, helped me scrub, and all that, all the crayon, the melted crayon came out. You know, I don't think we talk about less oil as much as we need to. I, love I mean, we less don't even oil. hear about less oil anymore. <laughs> I like, use it all the time. That's a Puerto Rican thing, <laughs> you know. I don't, <laughs> but I'm hearing it from somebody else that's not Puerto Rican, which I think it's amazing. Um, but it's true; it takes out anything, grease yeah. on clothes yeah. stains. Yeah, Cray- I did not know it take out crayon in, in a dryer. So thank you for that. I mean, not that I'm expecting. Lucy or my teenage boys to do something like that, but you never know, it might come in handy in the future. My son dropped a glob of gum in his little white shirt pocket, and that went through the washer and dryer. Lestoil took that out. Lestoil took it out. And it's a a miracle worker. (laughs) And so you had somebody from the church that came and helped you out. She spent the whole afternoon, and she saved me a whole load of laundry. I had three little kids. I had a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn. So losing that load of laundry would have been a big deal. Right. But it it was Susan. I know you know Susan. She came over and um, spent the afternoon scrubbing crayon out of clothes with me. Wow. And so you just, um, just became... Involved in the church, just helping out. It was just stuff like that, yeah. And another mother, um, Cindy, used to take my kids on Sundays every now and then to give my husband and I a break. It was just things like that that really kind of pulled us closer. You know, they 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 ended up being really good friends. Amen. So yeah. Amen. And so, what what kind of roles do you fill right now in your church, or have filled in your church? since you've been a part of Acts 2? Um, I've taught Sunday school, children's church. Right now, my husband and I are elders. Um, we have a prayer groups. We have um, deacons under us um, that you know take care of prayer groups, and we get involved with them, um, outreaches. We do whatever we can to, you know, to get out there in the, in the public with the prayer groups and that's wonderful. You know, it's from what I'm hearing and I'm receiving is that you 
you just got to work. You bought in got involved. to the vision, right? Mm-hmm. To the, you just said, okay, Lord, you've saved me. I am going to put my hands mm-hmm. right in the plow and I'm going to start working. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that. We've seen that in your lives. You have amazing children who are also workers mm-hmm. that um, impact their communities where they work, mm-hmm. um, but also in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and so with, with that being said, we understand why you're elders in, in your church. And it's beautiful to see that, that you're overseeing prayer groups that you're seeing, that you're also, you also have deacons that are under you. So do you mentor? Do you mentor the deacons? How does that look like? Um, if you want to talk about that. We work with them. Um, they're very good. We have really good people that work Amen. with us. Um, we just work alongside them. Amen. Try to be there if they need anything, or we pray pray for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, again, from what I'm receiving is, I'm here to work. I'm here to help. I'm here to see how the body of Christ can grow, how, how can I work? How, what, mm-hmm. God, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's beautiful that you're working alongside the people that you're leading and mm-hmm. that you're serving because, you know, that's the definition of being a leader. It's in the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. it's serving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you can't just, you're not there so people can serve you, but mm-hmm. you're there to serve others. Mm-hmm. And, and we see that in your life. Have you always been in Connecticut, Sister Ford? No. (laughs) I was born and raised in Webster, Mass. Um, Met my husband in high school. He was in Southbridge, Mass. We got married. We were in Southbridge for like five years. And then we moved to Connecticut in 1989. We've been in the same, actually the same house ever since. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. We had been going to church for 10 years at that point, so we were driving from Southbridge to Thompson. Wow. So now we're closer, we're just down the street. Yeah. And um, what were some challenges, just talking about life, because we all face challenges in our walk with God. Obviously, you've stayed faithful throughout these years, but what were some challenges you faced in your walk with God, and how have you been able to overcome those we raised our kids in church through their whole lives in church and um my my kids have always been really good very involved in church um I had one that got married and they left church Mm -hmm. they went somewhere else but I believe she's on her way back um but that was probably the biggest challenge right there um my husband and I both got laid off within like two days of each other about 10 years ago, um, wow. we both were working our jobs for quite a while, and we both ended up getting laid off at the same time. Mm. So that was a little bit of a, a challenge. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, just a few days before that, my husband had a dream, and he told somebody the dream, and the dream got, um, they told him pretty much things are going to come your way, right. but you're going to be fine. Right. So... Um, and then we both got laid off. We lost that jobs. But we both got jobs. Um, I got a better job with the same company. Yeah. And he ended up um, getting a job that just gave him more time sure. at home. So everything worked out really good. But it was kind of 
kind of nice to know it was coming. Sure. Because of the dream and the interpretation. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's that's great about the Lord. He he talks to his people, mm-hmm. whether it's through his word, mm-hmm. through um, the pastoral leadership, through a minister, um, dreams, mm-hmm. visions. He speaks to us, mm-hmm. and we have to be open mm-hmm. for him to be able to speak to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does warn us, and hey, you, Brother Ford was open to to say, okay, that was from God, you know? Sometimes not every dream is from the Lord, but I've learned uh, just in the past four four or five years, I need to write those dreams down. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a prayer, uh, a dream journal that I keep Mm -hmm. because um, a lot of them have come to pass Mm -hmm. and God speaks to me often. in dreams. So I'm not saying again that every dream is right. of God, but it's good to always pray about them and say, okay, Lord, is this something that you're trying to speak to me about? And in regards mm-hmm. to, to you and, and your husband uh, and Brother Ford, God spoke to you in that dream and said, hey, there's this trial that's getting ready to come, mm-hmm. but you don't have to worry. I've got you. You're, you may lose your job, Mm-hmm. But I've got you. You're going to be okay. Yeah. The dream was actually, he said, we were walking down the street and these three boulders were coming down mm. and we were running. And then he grabbed, pulled me out of the way. Yeah. So that kind of bothered him. So we ended up calling Brother Hanson and told him. And then his wife um, just knew right off, told him exactly what it was. Three things are going to come your way, Amen. Um, but you're going to be fine. So he had the dream, but he didn't know what the dream meant. But when he mentioned it to the pastor, right. the wife just was happy sitting there, just knew exactly. So, Amen. and three things came our way. There was a couple other things that wow. that came our way, but um, we knew it was coming. Amen. Was and that's so wise, Sister Ford. You went to your pastor and your pastor's wife, mm-hmm. and God gave you the interpretation through your leadership. Mm-hmm. God was speaking to you, but gave the interpretation to your pastor to right. your pastoral leadership right. through them. Um, and so that's, that's wisdom. When we don't know what to do mm-hmm. with something, God is trying to speak to us. Maybe it's a new way of speaking to us. Um, it's always good to pass it through your pastoral leadership. Mm-hmm. It's always good to, to speak to them and let them know, hey, this is what, I don't know. I don't know if this is from God, but the Lord gave that interpretation to Sister Hansen immediately, mm-hmm. who was able to, mm-hmm. to let you know and then forewarn you of what was... It was actually very neat, the way it all, the, the way it all worked together. Yeah. It was really neat. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I love how God works. He is a wonderful God, and He cares so much about us. He cares about every single detail, single part of our lives that He doesn't leave, he doesn't leave it to chance. If we're following his path, we are walking with him. He always, he will always speak to us and let us know. Amen. And if he doesn't, he's still directing our paths. If he's not giving a forewarning, he's still there to say, hey, I'm with you. I'm holding, I'm holding your hand. Amen. So are there any testimonies or anything you would like to share that come to mind? In 2020, when COVID hit, mm-hmm. I work in kitchen. I serve seniors lunch. They closed my kitchen. 
and I, to keep my job, I had to drive an hour to the commissary. So now I'm working in the um, kitchen, and I'm working in the warehouse, and I'm working in the office, just doing stuff, just to work. Wow. And my, um, uh, what do you call it, the, um, the manager of the commissary, he was a young gay man, and he was nice, but he avoided me. I would come this way, he would go that way, and, and I know it was a spiritual thing. But it kind of bothered me because I was under him. Yeah. Um, I drove an hour to work and an hour home. On the way to work, I decided I'm going to pray for him. And I would talk to God all the way to work. I would name off all the people that I was, I was working, a whole new crew. Um, and I prayed every day. And him, him and I, right now, we're, we're really good friends. Amen. Yeah, we, we have a really good relationship. He's really nice, very sweet. Yeah. Um, but I knew it was a spiritual thing. Yeah. But I prayed, and I just, I just talked to God, you know, and uh, mentioned his name, and like I said, the other names, you know, and uh, him and I have a really good relationship now. Amen. So I, that was definitely God's grace. Amen. You know, um, and that's good that you bring that up because we don't want to avoid hard situations. As Christians, we should not avoid what, what seems to us a hard situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm working with somebody who, who doesn't believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, who believes differently, um, having family members or coworkers that may be gay um, or bisexual. There's so many things that are happening right now in our world that are hitting our kids, not just the adults, but are hitting our kids. And so for us as Christians, we can't avoid that. And I've seen that many times where people will get a job and will say, this is not what I signed up for. Lord, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. But what if it was God's will Mm -hmm. for you to actually be there to right. be a light to the world. And by you asking God to take you out of that, mm-hmm. you're just leaving a place full of darkness. You are, that environment is not being changed. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful testimony. Lord, there's something spiritual happening. They're not, they're avoiding me. This young man is avoiding me because he feels there's something in the spirit, something that's clashing what I've got inside, living inside of me, mm-hmm. is totally different than mm-hmm. what is working in him. But Lord, help me to love him. And mm-hmm. you were praying every single day mm-hmm. for that young man. Mm-hmm. That's just beautiful. Right. I didn't even want to go there. I didn't even want to work there. Yeah. I didn't want to go, and I dreaded going. And I kept telling my husband, I don't really want to go to work. But you know, when I left there after 15 months, um, I really loved working there. Yeah. And I had told him, I said, if they were closer, I probably would switch jobs yeah. because I really, I really connected with those people. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it, yeah. And it's, you know, it's similar to our podcast with Sister Hart, what we had talked about. When God gives you, when he places you somewhere, he calls you to a place, sometimes we don't even know that he is intentionally calling us to that place, but we need to pray, Lord, okay, my surroundings are not changing. This is where mm-hmm. you want me to be. Mm-hmm. Then give me a love. Give me a love for this place. Help mm-hmm. me to change my atmosphere to 
bring in the light of of your word, of your of your love, of your spirit, you know, let me bring that in into this environment and you did that. Mm-hmm. You maybe didn't feel comfortable going there at first, but by the time that you were your time was ending, you love that young man and you love the people mm-hmm. that you were working there. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's such a beautiful testimony. We need to hear more of that. You know, the challenges, those are challenges. Those are real challenges that we're facing nowadays and we can't avoid that. We need to make sure that we are shining brighter than ever before. Right. Amen. Amen. And so we're sitting here together. We're talking again to a, a broad audience of ladies in, in our Connecticut district. Um, we have young ladies that are going to be watching this and also elders. What Do you have anything that you would like to impart or say to the Connecticut ladies? If anything, I would say make sure that your relationship with God is where it should be. Um, when people join the military, mm-hmm. they train and they train and they train. Right. So that when an emergency comes up at the spur of the moment, they're ready right. if they need to defend themselves or somebody else. And that's like um, EMTs. Um, Doctors. Right, first responders. First responders. Yeah, they train and train and train. So they're ready when, at a moment's notice, they're ready when they're needed. Um, but as God's children, we should not be any different. Amen. We need to be ready to go. Um, this, this is a battle. Right. We need to not wait till we're in a battle before we're ready, you know, before we're going to train. I would say um, meditate on God's word. Pray without ceasing. Put on, put on the whole arm of God every day. My husband and I put on the first thing in the morning, and the, before we go to bed, we put it on again. Amen. Um, I think that's what's more important Amen. than anything, is just being ready. Because it's coming. Right. And you need to be ready, and you need to be trained. Amen. So. Amen. You know, that's, we, don't, we don't see ourselves many, well, now, when I was little, we always talked about being in the army of the Lord. And we are. That's what we are doing. We are warring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a spiritual fight that we're fighting. Mm-hmm. And you, like you said, you can't wait until you're in a battle mm-hmm. to get ready. That means you're not prepared. Right. You're going unarmed. Uh, and you don't have all of the weapons, the tools that, you're, that you need to have. So that's a beautiful point that don't wait. Don't wait until you get into, in a rough place, in a battle, to actually be ready. You're not going to be ready. You're not going to make it. You're going to get creamed. And people are going to be depending on us. Because right. we have, like Brother Hansen would say, we're special forces. Yes, ma'am. Um, people are going to be depending on us. We need to be ready to help them too. Right, and that's another thing. We're not just in the army. We're special forces. Mm-hmm. That means that there's special training. I mm-hmm. need to make sure that I am pouring into myself. It's yeah. nobody else's responsibility to take care of my own salvation. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Right, right. So, train. Yeah. My husband and I went to a park, and they asked us if we were in the military, and I asked him if, the army of God counted. Do you think they get special forces? <laughs> yeah. to yes, give it us does. Discount? Yes, it does. 
That's right. Yeah. We're not part of the Navy SEALs. We're God SEALs. <laughs> I love it. And it's true. It does count. I mean, it, it, this is the biggest war. This is the greatest war because even though we do fight natural fights, the ones that matter the most are the spiritual ones. And right. a lot of the times they manifest in the natural. Yeah. They manifest in the natural, but we're fighting a spiritual fight. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we're ready. Personal devotions. You, you made a very good point that you and your husband pray the, the armor of God on when you wake up, that's the first thing you do. And that's also the last thing you do. Mm -hmm. We don't hear that often either. That mm -hmm. we hear, yeah, put on the armor of God, but are you doing it before you go to sleep? Um, we and sleep better too. We yeah, it's do true. sleep better. It's mm -hmm. true. My, my husband and I have been doing that um, in the past few years. We've been doing that more because sometimes we, we have been attacked spiritually oh, yeah. at mm -hmm. nighttime. Yep. And so when we pray and we cover ourselves before mm -hmm. going to sleep, we rest. And the Bible says that he gives his beloved rest. Mm -hmm. And so we pray for that. We pray that the Lord would cover our minds, our spirits. Mm -hmm. And so that's beautiful um, to hear that from you, Sister Ford. Well, this has been amazing. One more thing before we end what is something that you are passionate about? And I just feel like that's one of the things that you're passionate about is your prayer, your prayer life or life of prayer, that that is something you're passionate about. But is there anything else um, that you'd like to say? Souls. Soul. My family, my friends, yeah. my neighbors, my coworkers. Um, we've lost a few people in the past couple of years. Suddenly, without yeah. warning, we just hope they're where they should have been. Um, but souls, I would say, definitely um, kind of kind of shakes something up in you, kind of lets you know. You just never know. Right. Both were unexpected, very, two very close um, family members, very yeah. unexpected. So you just never know. So Wow. Uh, salvation is, is everything. It is. It really is. Um, souls, and that's the heartbeat. Um, of what we do, what the church does, why we're here is to make sure that we're not just saved, mm -hmm. but that we're taking others mm -hmm. with us, that we are making an impact right. in this world. Well, thank you, Sister Ford. This has been an amazing interview. I'm honored. I'm oh, really honored that you invited me. It's been a pleasure. I, I'm just so thankful that you were able to be a part of our podcast. Again, you and your husband have been um, influential in my life. I know that you're here in Thompson and we don't see each other very often, but I've had the pleasure um, to be friends with your children and, um, and you see the fruit of that. That's your fruit and mm -hmm. you see that and I've, I've had those, those friendships um, in my life. They're, they're not as close because we're so far apart mm -hmm. and we just um, see each other a lot during uh, district functions, but mm -hmm. the amazing example that they give is also a part of your ministry, um, and it shows your faithfulness to the church at Acts 2, um, your being elders and what you pour into your church and to your community. So thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. Well, thank today. you. Amen. God bless.